Greetings! Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is a comedic, mystical podcast that's occasionally poetic. Sometimes it's not funny at all, but it's always about spirituality. My name is Amanda Holstein, and I'm glad to be here. So, what's going on, my friends? How are y'all doing? I only put out one episode last week. It was a slightly longer one, and so I hope that you all were able to survive without me, right? Um, I was gone last week for most of the week. I went to Marfa, my favorite place on earth. And guess what, y'all? Your girl is moving back to the MF. I'm moving back to Marfa. Yes, either mid-April or the beginning of May. I secured a spot that's called the writer's room and it's in an old military barracks that is now turned into a gallery and there's a room attached to the military barracks where soldiers used to stay and there's a room called the writer's room and that's where I shall be living. I'm very, very excited. I'll be finishing my book, which is about 183 pages edited so far and so I still got more to go. I'm not afraid to talk about the book anymore because it's already written. So sometimes there's like a superstition attached with talking about a project before you're finished. But the book is already finished. It's already set in stone. It's already God's plan. And so I'm not afraid to talk about it. And so I'll continually be working on the book until then. But um, since I am a writer, I'm going to lean into that. And now here I am going to be staying in a writer's room. So, um, I think I always avoided really leaning into that writer part of me, um, because I didn't want to do it. It's like, I didn't think, well, really, I didn't think that I was good enough. I didn't think that I was able to sit down and write without Adderall or without some kind of substance. But, um... As I'm working on my recovery, and that word working has a Protestant kind of association with it, like I'm working on myself, Um, so maybe I can use a different type of language. Um, As I recover, I am learning to trust in my higher power and the skills and the talents um, that my higher power has for me as I learn to let go of my own self-will and my own um, beliefs about myself, um, then I'm able to write. And so all glory and honor to God most high. So clearing my throat because I did smoke a couple of cigarettes this past week. However, it has been eight days since I've smoked marijuana. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I've been going to some 12-step meetings and there's actually a lot of different 12-step programs. And so oftentimes there's um, the 12th tradition of, you know, like AA or NA is that um, we ought to remain anonymous at the level of media and press. 
However, there are lots of different 12-step programs. There's Alcoholics Anonymous. There's Al-Anon for family and friends of alcoholics. There's Cocaine Anonymous. There's Chemically Dependent Anonymous. There's Debtors Anonymous. There's Heroin Anonymous, Marijuana Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous, and more. And so... Um, I'm not speaking to any particular 12-step, but apparently the root is the same, which is that I have come to believe that I need something outside of myself to settle down this irritable, unreasonable, and discontent part of myself. And as I've been discussing on the past few episodes, being like, am I an addict? You know, because it's like, if you go to, you know, some of these meetings, you're like, that's not me. That's not me. But I do know that I need help. I know that I don't have it all figured out on my own. And so I ask God before I go to these meetings, which are all virtual. So if you're interested in going to a virtual 12-step, you could just type in virtual NA meetings or virtual AA meetings or any of the aforementioned 12-step groups. And there's, you can find a meeting at any time of day or night. And so there's always, it's, they're just such a great resource for wisdom I love to hear these old timers talk about their experience, strength, and hope. And one of the things that I've heard in some of these meetings is that honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, that these are going to be keys to helping my recovery. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not shooting dope. I've never put a needle in my arm. I'm saying as I'm like thinking, like, have I? I've never put a needle in my arm. Um... And so it's like, okay, so is that my standard? It's like, I'm either drinking all the time or putting a needle in my arm or I'm perfect. And it's like, there's a middle ground because I've always had this, like I hear in these meetings, irritable, unreasonable and discontent. And I'm like, I think I have that. I do have that because I developed an eating disorder when I was like 17 And then had that for, I don't know, six years or something until my dad died. And then I, like I said in the previous episode, I went to therapy and I was on medication. And so I was on medication and that helped reduce the symptoms. And because I was in therapy, that also helped me to get through the eating disorder. And so I don't have the eating disorder symptoms per se, But that underlying belief that I'm not good enough and that I need something outside of myself has kind of permeated. And so everybody's addiction looks differently and only you can decide if you're an addict. But I'm remaining open-minded and willing and recognizing that a 12-step program is actually like a fucking gift. And it's like, how blessed... I am to be able to go to meetings and to have a place to receive wisdom that is not dogmatic like a church. It's like, I need some type of fellowship. I need some type of community. I can't just isolate myself and think that I can figure it out on my own. I thought that 
because, you know, I'm a Gnostic and I have my holy guardian angel. Well, shouldn't my holy guardian angel just teach me all of the true wisdom and sacred magic through knowledge and conversation and I don't need any books? But apparently the holy guardian angel or one's higher power can lead one to certain programs or bring certain people in one's life or tell one to read certain books that these are all ways that our higher power can communicate with us. And so why wouldn't I go to a meeting to hear such rich wisdom in a place where the word recovery is used? And um, so yes, um, perhaps I am an addict and have addictive tendencies. And this became crystal clear to me while I was in Marfa. So the day that I drove into Marfa, I was on some meetings on Zoom while I was driving. And um, when I was about an hour and a half in, uh, or away from Marfa, I started to feel irritable, unreasonable, and discontent. And I was like, well, I've, I've been in the car for eight hours, like, you know, and I started praying and started reciting some of these psalms and some of that I was craving cigarettes because I didn't have, I haven't taken anything else. And so I was like, oh, I'm feeling irritable and discontent. I need, I need something. I need something. I need something. So I was driving and I was praying. I was driving, I was praying and it helped to reduce some of that anxiety. So when I got to the tent that I was staying at, I stayed at El Cosmico those thoughts of craving came back up again for cigarettes and I gave in. I entertained the thoughts and I was like, fuck it, let's, let's do this shit. So I went and bought a pack of cigarettes and then I went to visit a friend who was working at the Sentinel, which is a, well, it was just a newspaper, but now it's also like a cafe and they have a bar there. So my good friend made me a, um, you know, just a Mexican soda, you know, non-alcoholic. And I was sitting there smoking and enjoying the weather. And then I had to leave and go back to the tent because I needed to do a tutoring session with a student. And when I got back to the tent, I was feeling irritable and unreasonable, like I needed a drink. And it's funny because I'm not really, like, I haven't drank in a long time. One of the few rules or measures of Abermelon is, above all, avoid drunkenness. So I know that as an Abermelon initiate, I'll never be able to get drunk again. And I had accepted that fully. And so I thought that I wasn't an alcoholic because I could willingly accept that I would never be able to drink again. Not like that, you know, maybe one or two. But when I was back to the tent, I realized how triggered I had been because I had been on the road. I was tired. I was irritable. I had been around this friend who I have drinking associations with. And I just started bawling. I was like shaking, like the craving. I was like, oh, motherfucker, I'm a fucking alcoholic. I'm an addict. I have those symptoms. 
And I didn't realize that I had the symptoms of the disease of addiction because I had stayed high for an entire fucking year. For the last year, I've been putting cannabis coconut oil in my coffee every morning and then having it in the afternoon as well, and then maybe smoke a joint here and there. So that medication, or one could say, you know, perhaps harm reduction, I was reducing a certain amount of harm that I would normally do to myself. So I was like kind of staying mildly high and it masked the symptoms of the irritable, unreasonable, and discontent, those feelings that would make me want to reach for something outside of myself. And so there I was in my tent, totally triggered. And then I started calling numbers. Like I was looking, I was like, I need a fucking AA meeting in person now. I need a support system now. But I had to go to this tutoring session. And so I did the tutoring session and that helped kind of ease a little bit of the irritable and unreasonable discontent. But at the end of the session, I was like, well, maybe let me get out of the house. I'll go visit my friend who's still working at the Sentinel. <clears throat> so I went to the Sentinel and then my friend was there. And then there was another guy there that I had just met and they were both drinking. They were sipping mezcal and that smell, oh, it was so fucking triggering. I was, you know, I've heard in meetings people say, more will be revealed. And so more was revealed to me that night of how triggered I was by the smell of mezcal. And I never thought that I was an alcoholic. I never thought that I was a full-blown addict. And maybe I'm not. But that's because addiction, come, it's cunning and it like expresses itself in many different forms. So whether it's through drugs or drinking or shopping or eating or sex, codependency, relationships. I'm going to confess to y'all right now that the day that I stopped smoking weed, I emailed my ex-boyfriend who's like my true drug of choice. And so it's like, Am I just trading one substance for another? Or am I actually doing the work to recover and heal those parts of myself? The reason that psychedelics have worked for me in the past is because I was in therapy and I was doing a lot of work on myself alongside the psychedelics. But then it just became where <clears throat> I would do minimal work and then just expect the psychedelics to carry all of the therapeutic weight for me. And then now I'm like, how many times do I need to trip to try to prove that I'm better or more enlightened than other people? Like I mentioned in the previous episode, at the end and at the beginning of the day, I still need to do the work because the symptoms are still there. Irritable, unreasonable, and discontent that need to just reach for something outside of me. And addiction, alcoholism, whatever it is, is a progressive illness. And so unless I get to the root and do the spiritual work, then it's just going to get worse or it's going to be masked or take other forms. Because y'all, I was totally thrown off by the craving to drink. I was like, what is this craving? And then I realized, 
oh, well, yeah, but that's because I've been masking that craving and those symptoms by staying mildly high all the time. And I'm like, well, why don't I just stay mildly high all the time and then just keep the symptoms at bay? But fortunately, my higher power has other plans for me. And I can't just stay, I can't just stay high all the time. Like that's not, I, if I really want to be the person that God created me to be, that I don't, I don't know. I mean, if I just feel like I'm personally being called that there's a better life for me if I give up these things. And there's like a virtue in being uncomfortable. There is an episode of Glitch Bottle I was listening to that was the Patreon episode, so I don't think it's out yet, but it's with Frater Ashen Chasan, who's a magician, and it's entitled Banishing Comfort. And he says that you can't be an initiate into something that you're already familiar with, that you have to become an initiate into something requires one to be uncomfortable to get out of one's comfort zone. So yeah, maybe I could stay mildly high all the time, but I'm just gonna keep getting what I'm getting. And if I wanna have a better life, then I need to push myself beyond my comfort zone. And there's a lot of different ways that I could do that. Yoga, meditation, prayer, and these all help me. But there are programs that help me to do that nitty gritty fucking work. So I'm I'm open. I am open. I am willing. I'm letting go of the denial. I've been in this like waffling between like, am I an addict? Am I not an addict? And then I realized, well, if I'm not an addict, then there's nothing for me to heal from. But I can only recover when I admit that I don't got this on my own. So one day at a time, right? All right. So if you enjoy this podcast, um, please subscribe to my patreon.com slash ATSM. Or check out my art at etsy.com slash shop slash hanael777. That's H-A-N-A-E-L. I feel like this episode was kind of all over the place, but I just needed to get it out. So I hope you got something from that. Um, If not, at least you'll get this. So Psalm 141. Read Psalm 141 if you wish to relieve a sense of oppression in your life. That's it. If you feel oppressed. I also have written next to my Bible, relief from fear and deliverance from scoundrels. So if you feel afraid and oppressed, pray Psalm 141. Enjoy. Lord, I cry out to you, make haste to me, give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. 
Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness, and let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. For still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. Their judges are overthrown by the sides of the cliff. And they hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the mouth of the grave, as when one plows and breaks up the earth. But my eyes are upon you, O God the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares they have laid for me, and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, while I escape safely.